0: Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a great guest today who's going to talk about Patent World and Mr. Art Nutter, who is the CEO of Patent Books, Inc. Art, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me, Darrell.
0: Pleased to be here. Looking forward to our discussion today to talk about patents and litigation and all that stuff. But before we jump in to Patent Books, Inc., could you share with our audience a little bit about your background experience?
1: Oh, sure. Sure, Darrell. Um, I I am an engineer um, and I like to solve problems. Um, If you take a look at the world of inventions and uh, technology development, that world is supposed to um, work together to, to provide new products and services uh, for, the, for all of humanity. But in fact, uh, the devil gets involved in things like this and uses good things against you. And so patents now have become used as bludgeons to, to abuse other people and other products, and in fact, have used to limit technology development. And that's just the wrong way uh, to to use them. So what we what we've done, and my, and my background in this is is working. Yeah, yeah,
0: tell us about the Air Force Academy.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, actually, I went to the Air Force Academy because uh, it the school the, it was a college that I could attend for free, and I got to fly. And so um, while I was at the academy, however, you know I grew up as as a kid on a farm, and and if we wanted money. I'm the oldest of nine kids. My dad was a school teacher, and if we wanted money, we said, "Well, you have to go out and earn it." So I started working at seven, and then uh, I heard about uh, Air Force Academy where you got to you got paid to go to college, and you got to learn how to fly, and you got to fly jets on the on the backside when you graduate. I'm like, "Sign me up!" <laughs> and so um, I went out to the academy, but uh, my ba- my pay. Was fifty bucks a month, and it just wasn't that much money. And I thought, you know, I could make a little bit more money here um, because only seniors were allowed to have cars. And so you had three classes of underclassmen that needed cars. So I bought a 1963 Rambler for fifty bucks, and I used, I rented it out on the weekends. So Our <laughs> rental business, and then I got elected class president of the class of '81, and um, we decided that we should have a class T-shirt which was traditional at the Academy and uh, we designed up a class t-shirt and I sold 1600 t-shirts and made a little bit of money on those. So, I mean, yeah, I've always had an ear and an eye for making money, usually in areas where there's a need. And in fact, uh, that that has translated. I I went on, got my degree. I didn't stay at the Academy because um, being an entrepreneur in at, as a cadet at the Academy Found I I crossed swords a few times. They like, for instance, the brass at the academy didn't like the design of the t shirts. Okay, that's another story I won't go into here, but uh, but they tried to impound the shirts. I end up distributing them anyhow, and um, so um, you know, I got sideways with the brass at the academy. I found myself restricted to my room for my entire sophomore year, and I said, you know, guys in jail have more freedom than this. (laughs) <laughs> I said, I'm going to get out. So I left, went out, went to the University of Akron, Akron, Ohio, and completed my mechanical engineering degree there. And then um, um, started uh, air, designing aircraft de-icers, which was a lot of fun. I got to fly around with a crash helmet and a parachute on into known icing conditions and uh, test de-icing equipment. Had some thrilling stories there, too, when the, when the entire aircraft started, the helicopter started, falling out of the sky and we had to go into auto rotation so we wouldn't land in Lake Erie uh, in the middle of the winter um, but we you know a lot of fun things there and then but then I hopped on a motorcycle, rode across the United States decided I need to come back to Colorado, quit my job, came out here and got into high tech and in, in the high- tech arena, um, even though I'm a mechanical engineer, um, I was a sales and marketing guy and became very effective at sales and marketing and became the top sales guy for a number of uh, different high-tech companies, uh, some of which had a hard time paying me and, <laughs> uh, on those, on those uh, commissions that I had earned. So they would lay me off. And finally, um, I picked up an MBA along the way as well. And I'd gotten married as well. And my wife and I started making babies. And um, a- a- after our fifth child, and my, I think it was sixth job in nine years, she's in tears. She said, Art, you can't hold a job. And I, and I said, dear, I think you're right. I better do something on my own. And so uh, armed with frequent flyer miles and um, the knowledge that at t had just purchased NCR, I uh, cashed in some of those frequent flyer miles, uh, flew to New York City and called on AT&T and said, do you know what patents you acquired in that acquisition? They said, no. And I said, but I can tell you. They said, how can you tell me? You're one guy. I said, look, I was the only guy you ever saw before. I can get this done for you. They took a chance on me, a $5,000 order. And uh, we came back to them and told them uh, which patents that they had acquired in there and which of those patents were any good. And they were extremely pleased with the with the value that they received in that little tiny project. And three years later, we were doing over a million a year with um, AT and T as a client. Now, and, and th- so that is big, your
0: uh, that is your other business called TAIS, correct?
1: Yes, that's correct. Teas that, that is, is now pushing thirty years old. Um, TAIS is an acronym for Take Apart Everything Under the Sun. Oh wow! And, <laughs> because that's what Tayus does. It would help uh, identify uh, the good patents in a client's portfolio and then prove, and when I say they're good, we would prove that they were good by showing how those patents were actually used in a commercially significant product. And to, to show how they were used, you had to take the product apart. And, um, and was, the, the other words for it are called reverse engineering. Okay. Um, all right. okay. So we would reverse engineer uh, hardware products, Nintendos. In fact, it was funny. I had all these kids at home, right? And if I'd have to, we were looking at AT&T patents versus Nintendo because Nintendo was coming out of nowhere and actually developed into a nice business. And uh, we're looking at AT&T patents. I'd go buy a Nintendo system at, at the local store, bring it home, let my kids play with it for a couple of days and say, okay, say goodbye because I got to take it apart. so yeah we so it was always almost always destructive testing
0: (laughs) you know my 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 brother brian could have worked for you (laughs) because growing up he always took apart all of my stuff And never put it back together. Well, it's always
1: fun, you know, because you learn how things are put together when you take things apart and you try to put them back together, ideally with no extra parts.
0: Right. (laughs) Now, my brother Gaffney, who is an engineer from Cornell, uh, he probably would have been good. The two of you would have gotten along because he'll put it back together and everything would be pristine.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I can put them back together as well, but sometimes when I'm doing it, and if I'm looking at at a circuit inside of a, a, a of a, a chip, okay, then then I have to expose the package. If it's a plastic package, I got to pour acid on it to to eke out the pa, the the plastic there, so that I can expose the silicon and actually look at it under a microscope. And, and, and trace out the circuits that those transistors are making in there, looking for evidence of our, our clients' patents. And we did that countless times.
0: Wow. So, Art, what led you to start Patent Books, Inc.? What was the, the fundamental problem that, that, that you're solving there?
1: Well, actually, it's twofold. Um, and, and I don't share this with too many people cause, because I, I, I actually am a Catholic guy. Okay. And I've had a number of miracles. Then I had a a, a dead child brought back to life and I was a lame guy healed to walk. Those are stories for a different time. But I did, I was sitting in in a sauna one time and I heard a voice. I'm the only guy in the sauna and it says, uh, Art, I need you to make patent transactions more efficient around the world. I'm like, what? Well, okay, God, you've influenced my life so far quite profoundly Um, if you want me to do this, I'll do this. I didn't know quite what I was going to do, but it's turned out the good Lord had given me all these tools, uh, to be able to make patent licensing more efficient because when we take, take something apart, we see evidence of all kinds of people's patents and, and the way patent licensing is done today is, 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 is very, very elementary and very rudimentary and frankly, it's just rough. And if you think about uh, the volume of patents that's inside of a smartphone, the nominal number, uh, by most estimations, is in the neighborhood of three hundred thousand mm. U.S. patents wow. in a, in a smartphone. Now, think about it. There was recent patent litigation. I say recent, last five years or so, between Apple and Samsung, and it was highly publicized. and the And the uh, verdict from the jury was that and it was a US jury so they decided that Apple, that Samsung had, inf- had infringed on about 7 US patents owned by Apple damages mm-hmm. 1 billion dollars wow. now you think about that that's a billion dollars for 7 patents what's what 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 are the other 300 299993 worth mm-hmm. nothing no, that's not true. Okay. But those guys, what we learn here is patent licensing, the way it has been done in the past, was aptly characterized by our first clients at IBM, who said, this is the sport of kings. If you have king's money, you can play this game. If you don't have the king's money, you can't play this game. And I think that's fundamentally unfair because Joe Sixpack is the guy who has the ideas and inventions. In fact, my own dad, who was a school teacher, who made at the ripe old age of after teaching for 25 years, made like $17,000. And I felt a little bit bad in in 1981 with a newly minted uh, uh, mechanical engineering degree. I'm out there and getting a starting salary of $23,000. I'm already out earning my dad who's been teaching for 25 years. Anyhow... He gets a patent and no chance at all to make money. And I've encountered so many people like this. But we've had a, 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 a bit of a transformation in our lifetimes um, of other forms of more efficient intellectual property licensing. I'm talking specifically about music. When I was a kid, I bought music on vinyl. And over time, uh, that, that music sales went to, to cassettes Oh, I actually went to 8-tracks and then cassettes. 8-tracks, then cassettes, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, and then that really showing your age. <laughs> but then, but then um, going further to uh, CDs and then, and then digital files, MP3s and so forth. And then Napster comes along and music's free. And everybody kind of knew that that was wrong because the musicians need to get paid. Sure. And Steve Jobs comes out and says, look, let me put up an online store and we'll uh, buck a song. 99 cents a song iTunes. And he's got, he convinces the record labels to post his, his, Mm -hmm. their music up through that channel. And he's got a billion dollar business overnight. Now that model has morphed with competitive pressures of Pandora and Spotify and other, other uh, music sales things to a one price. You pay one price per month and you can listen to all the music. Mm -hmm. Now it's no longer even a dollar a song. And in those models, Apple keeps, and all the music services keep thirty cents on every dollar you spend, and seventy cents go to the to the artist. We said, what if we did the same thing in patents, but let's bundle things up into coherent groups? Because when I go and sign on for Spotify, they don't ask me if I just like rock and roll or jazz or or classical. I like them all, and I can listen to all of those. Mm. In in patent land, it doesn't make sense to license a pharmaceutical patent and a cell phone patent at the same time because mm. it's an apple and an orange, completely different products. Right. But, in a, in, but but to provide freedom to operate in Apple, because Apple at any given point in time is defending against about 400 different patent litigations. Talk about a drain on resources and a drain on on, on shareholder value. Gee whiz, okay, because the nominal expense – patent infringement is about five million dollars per and that's just the lawyer cost alone per patent litigation per right. litigation and that doesn't even count the damages and some of these damages as we just were talking here a billion dollars here and a billion dollars that's real money we said wait a minute let's bundle these things up into coherent groups and launch things these things that we call patent books which are and we invite all the patent owners that might own a patent in that might be applicable to that particular technological vertical to publish their patent to the patent book it's completely free and then we take that that uh, bundle of patents this is usually in the neighborhood of 30 to 50,000 US patents and we show up and we say look mr. Mm-hmm. producer product pay a single price and then we take that money and 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 share it with all the patent owners according to the quality of their patents. And this is one very very important thing too. Um, this is an improvement over what are known as patent pools mm-hmm. in today's parlance and so in, in uh, many of the uh, audio video vid- visuals uh, standards like MPEG or JPEG or um, you know Bluetooth, those kinds of communication standards, three G, four G, five G, those kinds of technological standards. There are a lot. There are thousands of patents in there, but they don't have any way of distinguishing which patents are better than the others. So you pay your money to license this patent pool, and all the patents receive the same amount of money. It's a very uniform distribution. Mm-hmm. But everybody in the patent business knows that there's a very distinct quality profile uh, in anybody's per, uh, uh, patent portfolio, and it's extremely skewed to the left. Mm-hmm. There's a very tiny percentage of the patents that are really, really good. Those are the ones that you sue on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few more that you could use in a licensing negotiations, and that's, those are the ones you would sit down and negotiate over, usually in the space of um, two to three years. And, and, and then the remaining group of those patents are commercially insignificant. And it's not because the patents or the inventions are bad. It's just because a patent, by definition, is new. Nobody knows about it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just takes a while to be out there. People say, that's a good idea. Let me incorporate it into my product. See if it gets traction in the marketplace. And if the sales of that product finally uh, accelerate, then that patent's quality and the the economic value of that patent um, goes up, increases Mm -hmm. quite a bit. And in fact, it may displace another technology that had been in there previously. And a good example would be um, like, you remember when when cell phones first came out, you had the 12-pad keypad, okay? And you had to type in, if you wanted the letter C, you had to press the the, the two button, mm-hmm. you know, three times. Okay, but then the improvement was when BlackBerry comes out with uh, the BlackBerry comes out with the miniature keyboard yep. on the on, on on the Rim device, and then um, that 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 would have been a new patent that was owned by Rim, but then that was superseded by the virtual keyboard that comes out on the iPhone, uh, because you don't see manual keyboards anymore. Right. And so those patents would have taken their turn being in tiers one or two in the, in the context of a patent book receiving uh, big compensation. Okay.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Art Nutter, the CEO of Patent Books, Inc. And so what you're talking about is an exchange for publishers, the owners of the patents, and the subscribers, the people who want to license the patents.
1: Yes, exactly that. Exactly that.
0: And and so w- with the current situation with with COVID 19, I guess there's a lot of patents uh, surrounding uh, COVID 19. How many patents do you estimate are, are in the uh, patent book for COVID 19?
1: Well, in COVID 19, I would I would stress that that shouldn't be limited to just COVID 19. It really should be expanded to infectious disease. And if you think about uh, the the things that are, are available, I just read a. Uh, a, a travel log of an international traveler who uh, was had to go from a two and a half month assignment, and he's in. He said other passengers on the aircraft are wearing extreme protective gear, head to toe, all kinds of other things like this. What we're dealing with is an in infectious disease, is not just talking about vaccines and and things, but this personal protective equipment, um, you know, various and sundry masks. Um, breathing apparatus how how to yeah. disinfect things there's many 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 dimensions to this and what we're saying is that the people in the inventive and the inventors that are out there working on these things in the in the various labs research facilities universities and so forth who have patents on on these products aren't in a position to commercialize anything like this uh-huh. while you have the other big companies like Eli Lilly and Pfizer and GSK uh, GlaxoSmithKline and others—they are struggling, and they have the manufacturing, the distribution, the marketing networks to do this, but they need inventions. The 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 patent book for infectious disease marries these two with an efficient set of rules that that everybody recognizes as fair. For instance, the patent owners publish their patent book, uh, put, publish their patents to a patent book. It's completely free completely free and then the subscribers which would be the gsk's and Lillys and, and 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 the big big pharma companies can can subscribe to that patent book with a simple lump sum they can then choose or select from any of those patents in there that they would like to commercialize and and, and build into products and the only responsibility the patent owner has is to, to watch out there and see if they see something that looks like their patent, they don't have to sue the company anymore, like Samsung and Apple had to duke it out in the courts. All they do is get their patent evaluated using these metrics that Teus developed over, the, over 30 years of being in the business of scoring patents using a numerical system that evaluates the patents on the basis of their technological strength, their legal strength, and their business merit. It's wow. a numerical score that, and, and the scores are public. There's nothing secret about this that we believe that ultimately taking a look and valuing a patent using the TAS works metrics of legal, economic, and technical will be ubiquitous as evaluating the ba- the value of a home on the basis of its bedrooms, bathrooms, and square footage. And of course it's location in the neighborhood.
0: Wow. That is, that is amazing. <clears throat> and and so when someone signs on to the to be a subscriber they actually have access to all the patents that are in the the patent the patent yes
1: absolutely a full licensed access to so
0: so so currently when you look at patent litigation how much productivity on a global basis is lost because lawyers and, and 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 ceos are in court
1: well, uh, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's a staggering amount of money. There was a U.S. Uh, Chamber of Commerce report published in 2016, I think, while Dave Kapos was uh, head of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. They talked about the, the value of intellectual property in the United States exceeding $6 trillion. Wow. $6 trillion, okay? And of that, only $185 billion only 185 billion a, a tiny percentage of that was involved in actual licensing transactions the rest of those those the, that intellectual property is sitting on the shelf either being used or being used without compensation and, and and when and and worse yet when the lawyers get involved the only people that actually make money in in the, in in those kinds of transactions are the lawyers themselves okay and what we're trying to do is get the lawyers out of the equation. In fact, Shakespeare even said this. He says, first shoot all the lawyers. I mean, that's been a common comment for centuries now, okay? But lawyers get involved when there is something is wrong in a, transac, in a, in a transaction mechanism. When something fails, the lawyers get involved. We are at a unique point in human human history where... The ideas and inventions of all of mankind can be easily transacted over this thing we call the web. And and we can make these transactions happen extremely smooth and, and extremely efficiently so that and this goes back to the whole body of Christ kind of things too. There's different functions of different parts of the bodies. Eyes have a job, ears have a job, stomach has a job, and so forth. There's a there's an off color joke about stuff like that. I won't go into that because it's public radio, but uh,
0: public but, Catholic
1: radio. Uh, but, Catholic <laughs> radio. Okay. but but in fact, on top of that, um, the, the 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 body of Christ here, there are people that are inventors, and if inventors are not appropriately compensated. They stop inventing because they have to eat. They gotta go do something else. They go pump gas or something because they have to put food on the table. I was just on the phone literally um, 20 minutes ago, uh, speaking with the woman who has the patents on Find My iPhone. Okay, there's no appropriate platform for her to approach Apple and say do this other than you know go to court or sell the patents. And and in fact, Apple. As we're talking about 300,000 patents in a smartphone, they can't deal with each one of these people individually because nobody has an ugly baby. Everybody thinks their patent's great. The fact of the matter is there is a spectrum of quality and and your patents are going to fall in that spectrum there somewhere. Apple's got a big business to run. They got to manufacture these phones. They got to distribute it. They got to market them. They got to do all these other things. And yes, they are very good integrators of technology, and they may and and the innovation of integrating all these inventions is really quite profound. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they there needs to be an efficient way to compensate these people, uh, the inventors, so they invent more, and they can eat, and they can do the things with the, that the good Lord. Uh, gave them the skills and the talents to do.
0: So Art, it sounds like you're you're trying to transfer the money and time that is spent in patent litigation to a more efficient patent exchange. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, how do you think that the corporate lawyers are going to respond to this?
1: It, you'd be surprised. Um, the head of Apple's patent litigation or uh, patent business, Chip Lutton, um, he was head of that for about 10 years. Um, he looked at this after he left, left Apple. He, he looked at this and he says, Art, and I quote, this changes everything, unquote. And it does because, in fact, I don't know if you, if you recall this too, but the 2018 Nobel Prize in Economics was, was awarded to a gentleman by the name of Paul Romer, who was a professor at New York University. And this, uh, this uh, Nobel Prize was awarded to Dr. Romer because he said that, that the new economy or, or the, uh, in, in the 21st century is that of intellectual property. And that's the new currency of the 21st century. And in fact, that was quoted on the inside of the Phillips uh, Intellectual Property and Standards Building um, in Eindhoven, Netherlands. Those people also understood the, 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 the truth and wisdom of that. And so patent books now is becoming um, or uh, will become more or less the bank, if you will, for uh, these intellectual property transactions. And it'll be smooth and efficient. And so what Chip said, uh, uh, Chip Lotton at Apple, and when, he, when he said this changes everything, he was absolutely correct. Because big companies like Apple, like Google, like Nest, um, Samsung, all these big guys around the world, they're good at what they're doing, producing products, innovating, incorporating good ideas to to provide products and services that you and I can enjoy and, and make our lives better. But it's very important with the profits that those companies are making to share those profits with some of the inventors, with all of the inventors whose inventions are being used in the, in those, in those, in those successful products.
0: Absolutely. Art, believe it or not, we are out of time. Oh and my if, gosh. if you could, if you could take 10, 15 seconds to, to, to share with our readers where, what you, what you hope to see that patent books will achieve over the next two to five years.
1: Well, we hope to, to establish patent books in as many different technological verticals as the market will demand. So far we're looking at autonomous vehicles, we're looking at uh, infectious disease, cloud computing just to start. And, and But we anticipate doing many, many other technological verticals so that the world's technology can expand and benefit those people um, around the world um, uh, economically. Folks in Africa, folks in South America um, who have very smart people down there but uh, can benefit from these products and services and their ideas and inventions can also benefit um, the, the people that are making the products and services.
0: Well, that is excellent. Art, I want to thank you for, for coming on the program. This is Art Nutter, the CEO of Patent Books, Inc. Art, Art, thanks for coming on the program.
1: Thank you for having me, Darrell. I'm so honored. Well, ladies and
0: gentlemen, that wraps it up on this weekend with Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter on Seton Hall University, WSOU 89.5 FM, and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Have a great weekend, but remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5 FM.